Welcome to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere with your host, Chris Parker. And welcome to Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere. This is Chris Parker, and we are in November, which is the month of November, and we're raising awareness for men's health, mental health, and physical health. So you can find us at ebullient.com slash podcast slash Movember, where you can join or donate. And what we're really asking is just during this crazy Corona time, call someone, let them know that you care, see how they're doing and have a meaningful conversation with them. That's the best way to help people, men and women during this crazy, crazy time. Um, I'm here with a delightful guest that I'm literally meeting really for the first time, although I've heard things about him. Um, I'd like to highlight that this is, and I'm so delighted by this, his first time on Zoom, which I think is so incredibly cool. Um, that might tell you that, that Willem and I are coming from very different worlds. Um, and part of Everyday Entrepreneurs Everywhere is exactly that, connecting and discovering across worlds. So uh, Willem van Hoof, who is a designer and artist from uh, Eindhoven, um, welcome. And, and Willem, can you please share with us uh, two, two questions. What do you do and why do you do what you do? Um, hi, I, yeah, what I do is I am a designer. I graduated from uh, design school two years ago and now I try to make a living. I make a living out of this so, since this year. Um, so I have uh, kind of always had my goal to just uh, make my own style in creating objects. Um, and all, it always was so, like, uh, I don't know how it goes with creative stuff. Like it's like your drive, like uh, this. Uh, so I started expressing myself in making materials. And as steps go, I see uh, what people need and I uh, play with also going more towards the uh, commercials mm. yeah how i earn money so but mostly uh, i really get inspiration from prehistoric and historic uh, objects and also creating so hand sculpting uh, and i think this is why people now are searching a lot towards me because everything goes so digital mm -hmm. and yeah mainly in my design and that's why it's also nearing a bit towards art i really go to well, prehistoric handcraft age. And I see that a lot of people uh, also have this urge of need for uh, nostalgia. And uh, yeah, they, uh, they really like this earthy way of objects that, you know, you have an entire space, which is very surreal, maybe very tight and uh, modern. And then you mm. also want this lovely, uh, for me, that's uh, what I really like in objects. Uh, so I bring a bit of history back in modern day design. That's how I shortly started. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and it's weird. I have this sort of bad feeling that I've, I've corrupted you by bringing you onto Zoom somehow. So, so I hope you will not be uh, scarred from the, from the experience. But Willem, why? What, 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 you, know, you, you graduated two years ago. And you're making a living as a designer and artist, which is already incredible. So we're going to come back to that. Like, how have you done that? Um, that's not common, I think, in the world. Um, what motivates you and inspires you to create like this? Um, I think 
<clears throat> yeah, mainly, um, well, I, for instance, I get a lot of inspiration in Africa and how tribes were creating objects. And then I see this time period where there was nobody looking at each other. Uh, all these crazy shapes came out and it was like not perfect, but very expressionate. And then now that I see all these objects around me, they are just there for functionality. And I just mm. really missed that in objects also around me. I just always bought a lot of odd objects in my life. And since I started collecting this, I s start seeing my interests. And this I try to show to other people and I try to inspire people as well. Uh, for instance, one of my projects I made uh, uh, at the Dutch Design Week, I worked with this group called Dutch in Virtuals. This is an art group and they are good in promoting young designers in Eindhoven. And then they asked me to make a new minimalistic design to take away all the, because people have consumed too much, people need too much stuff, we have too much object. Ah. And then everybody went very minimalistic in this field. And I tried to just make an over-exaggeration, weird celebration of the stupidest stuff we have. And then I made this totems, African totems that carried very useless objects to me. And then people really, I think my pieces just showed like, okay, do you really question yourself? Whoa, all this stuff I have, I have way too much as one person. So by creating art, I can also make a statement to people mm. uh, about what they have, about what they need. So sometimes I use also design to tell a story. Uh, actually, I always do that, but when it gets sold, sometimes it's also just for the looks. I don't, I don't know. But it's a bit the uh, two, two worlds I work in now. I've, in two years, I just, that happens. Yeah. Well, I can imagine, and you you already mentioned, uh, I think that with the uh, with the Corona time, that people are are trying to go go back to basics, back to minimalistic, back to earth, back to grounded, um, back to self. I would like to think. Mm -hmm. um, are, are are you seeing that as well? And is that impacting your work these days, or, or how is that how has that changed your reality at all? Um, yeah, I, for me. Um, maybe, yeah, stupid, but Corona also had a positive effect because a lot of people were staying inside and they just wanted to bring uh, other, yeah, maybe uh, I got more interest that people wanted to bring these pieces into their homes. And then, uh, yeah, I really try to, uh, if you look at a home where everything is perfect, I, I really try to be that odd object that everybody just uh, loves. It likes, I think, uh, mm. just breaking down this uh, box of, uh, yeah, mass-consumed mass products, which I really don't like. So if you buy something from me, it's probably never straight and never good, mm. uh, perfect function, uh, but it's uh, just something to love and something to have interaction with. Yeah. It's, so this is, in fact, my work. And you... You just shared that um, before we started the call that you had a customer that had come and, and just recently just left and, and had, um, tell me about that. So did that person order something or buy something? Cause you, cause you were 
really excited about what just happened. So, so can you explain what just happened today? Yeah, uh, so he's um, working in a, for an um, interior company, doing big interiors in Holland for, yeah, I mean, it looks very nice, uh, using a lot of, you can say uh, rich materials, but I could see in their aesthetics that they, if they have to choose between like, uh, you know, making it look uh, valuable they, and they can, you can use materials in a good way or in a bad way you can put all gold stuff in there and then it looks rich but then they use the natural nice materials like good use of wood good use of uh, oak uh, good use of uh, concrete like concrete can create such a nice atmosphere as well if you use it in a good way hmm. and I see they, they had really this aesthetic and then he, he called me to well just this Monday he just Asked like, hey, I have a photo shoot. I, can I come by? And I never had this because people asked to come and get my object for a photo shoot. And then I have to be very pleased with this. But then this guy just said like, yeah, but we are really good and we really want to support you and we just buy everything we need. So then he just left with a well, quite a full car and I was just like blown away by this guy doing it so enthusiastic, so much energy, really supporting me. And then he also gave me really big assignments for uh, some store he was building in Stockholm with, I don't know, I just showed him one experiment I was working on and he just liked it and then he said like, hey, I want you to do this for us and then I was like, wow that's perfect, like, yeah so this is great um, so, so I'm curious, let's let's take this a bit um, more abstractly and, and, and if you could share um, you know, as, as a, you know, you're an artist but you're also a business owner and, and mm. businesses need customers. Um, what 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 is the ideal or the or the perfect or the most joyful type of customer, and what do you love doing for them that is the most impactful um, and profitable? You know, how, how do you measure that success? So, and this is really just, and 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 the reason I'm asking the question is there's going to be people listening to this, and so so maybe maybe people hear themselves in that and they go, oh yeah, I want to call Willem for this thing. So what, what type of people do you love working with and, and what do you do for them? Um, well, I actually don't think so much about the other person. Maybe that's super weird to say. But no, as an art, I think they also really want uh, stuff I did. Uh, so I just more think, that it sounds so narcissistic, but it's not. But um, yeah, I don't think too much about the client. But in my ideal world, I would really like also to, like this guy gives me like a nice assignment that I can see uh, my work perfectly fit, fit with him. Mm -hmm. uh, but oh yeah, I also have, um, yeah, I, I have like one assignment that I thought was so much fun uh, working on. So this guy had just, I actually sent him an email because I really like this guy. And I always, this is my strategy. I always send very weird, fun emails because I receive very, uh, yeah, you know, an email that's perfectly written, perfectly uh, nicely pronounced, everything is, uh, and then it never grabs me so much. So I just uh, make it a bit fun. Sometimes I email like, when I'm drunk, It's the, those are the best. But uh, okay. then the, so this guy, I emailed this guy who has um, a gallery, but he makes small art. 
and I just really liked his stuff. Uh, yeah, and then he really liked my email uh, also. And my good friend sent copy paste the same email, but just changed the name. Like we left so much about it. And then he just wanted to, like, oh, we have to meet this guys. We have to meet this guys. And then we just uh, had a super fun uh, day. And then he said like, okay, this is the assignment. Work in that field. And well, that's still the challenge as a designer. You get this kind of box that you are asked to make something for. And I think if you can get a good idea, but fit the box, you did a design job. Mm. You know, that's, I think, uh, the challenge to fit in that box. So for him, I made, uh, he's called Postmodern. So it's all about posts. So all his art pieces are like the size of a postcard. It's really nice. You mm. could also check it out. His collection is called Postmodern Collection. And then he represents a small gallery and museums. And it's like little pieces that you can buy for not a, a big price and i made this little triumphs so i like one of them hmm. it's an it's a postcard size but then 3d so you can make an object and i have like three so you can stack and build your castle um and they are called a little triumph and they are also really nice to put uh in this time i think it's i also designed it uh, is, is that is in arc de triumph then is that the idea is, there Small, small version of it and then yeah. this is more like a church hallway yeah but they're called a little triumph and also it's based on my uh, fascination for history the shapes are very historical but then uh, you can buy a little arc de triumph and it's for a small victory in life like uh, you give a, vic a victory statue you know uh, so it has a beautiful also very cozy cute meaning to uh, yeah. get like yeah I love it. And, and um, you can give a little victory that, wow. And, and okay, people listening now more than ever as humanity, we need to give each other little victories. And so this is a perfect invitation to uh, either with one of uh, Willem's artifacts or some other way, again, call someone and tell them you care about them. I'm looking yeah. at uh, com, and in there that I see these, these little, little triumphs and there's a whole pile of them. So are, are they intended to stack you know, high, uh, that, was my, uh, that was my idea for because he has this um, postcard museum. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, but it is like that. And they are quite flat, or um, well, or the pieces like a tree, uh, three dimensional sculpture, but stays quite, yeah, it's not big. But then uh, I created these pieces to stack. That was my first idea to stack because then you can create so much volume in uh, with, even with small pieces like bricks. That's why mm. bricks can be very impressive, of course. So I just went with the stacking and then, uh, yeah, got fascinated by the arch. I have more work with arches. I think it's uh, this shape is just beautiful and comes from, from such a rich history. And it's not only used mm. for, it's very functional and strong as well as Gaudi describes it, but it's also, yeah, it has such a rich impact on the shape just by using uh, this uh, circular shape. Yeah. So and is it is it concrete? Is it? It looks like it's concrete in a mold, and then it looks like you have somehow cut it with a some sort of ginormous saw or sanding machine. <laughs> or how did you do that? Yeah, you're quite correct. I it is concrete, and then um, yeah, because then he asks. It's the question this guy asks is like, uh, 
hey, can you make a small art piece? And everything has to be unique. So that's pretty hard. Um, mm. But then I made these molds. Um, so I cast them in concrete, but then I was searching in concrete. They use stones. So um, I just went to this aquarium shop where <laughs> they buy, you know, you can buy stones for fish. And there's like crazy loads of colors for fish mm. in the aquarium. So then I mix my own concrete with the, with the colors of the stone. So you can like, every piece is unique with the colors, exaggeration. And then exactly, I send them after. So the more color comes out or you like sponge them. Uh, so mm -hmm. the stones show more. Well, it was uh, my idea. But yeah, weird way. I, it's funny to look at materials like that. I just go to an aquarium shop. I see the stones and I just see another function for them. I think maybe people should more look like this to material. It's really fun to do. Yeah. I love it. My 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 ten year old boy Quentin is a collector of stones. So he, uh, as we walk in the forest and things, he's 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 just somehow addicted to picking up stones. He's not yet done something really artistic with it, but he seems to be attracted to them um, and seeing things differently. I, I'm looking at the postmoderncollection.com on the shop page, and in there um, you can see a bunch of these different versions. Some of them have three sort of arches and one big arch and, and there's all sorts of, 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 like you said, every one of these things is unique and, and it looks like they've been dyed maybe a little bit. The darker ones have some oh, sort of yeah. stain on it or something. Yeah, you can uh, change color in the concrete. So they go from white to black or uh, yeah, no, no uh, extra color, but you could also go blue, mm -hmm. but uh, we just stayed gray tones now. Great tones. And, th and these are very small things. And, and you have uh, shared with me that, that um, behind the computer that you're looking at is there's a big workshop and you sometimes make very large installations and artifacts. W what, is the, what, what is the story there? What, what are the largest things you've done or, or what do you uh, do in that big workshop? I now I also make um, these uh, from a project called Elements of Construction. It's uh, my graduation work, and it is a big... They always go come pretty big, these objects. It's uh, So it's a research for me on concrete, on, again, that's uh, but reinforced concrete. So, um, And I actually came with that idea because I just... Ha you know, as a creative person, you have to come up with an idea and... This one, I was just biking around, taking, uh, get myself out of my comfort zone, getting to new places, looking at the world, just uh, thinking like, hey, what's happening here? What's, how did this come out? Just asking myself loads of questions. And then I went to the Eindhoven airport by, by I biked there because the parking lot got how do you say it, it got, uh, it broke down. It went, uh, it, it collapsed. collapsed. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there's the, the parking lot, there was something wrong. Uh, and it was made of reinforced concrete. So they did a wrong calculation, something, mm -hmm. but then you saw all this grit, which normally hidden in the concrete came out. So you saw these big columns, but then this material, which is always hidden came out. And I just looked at it and I thought like, what, that's such a hidden beauty. Like that. uh, perfect squared metal so this grid 
And I thought like, wow, why, why don't we see it? Like, why don't we? So I start looking up the material and, and made shapes of it. And you just make shapes of perfect squares. And it's very graphic. Like it's, you can see through, there's so much quality. So I started working with this. And then I started also, oh, this concrete where it's always covering the whole piece. Uh, well, they are connected, but maybe I can use it, them together in a different way. Mm -hmm. So then I do this, well, in school, you um, have to do a lot of research. So I did this research in architecture and architecture always starts in the ground. They make molds in the ground. They make big pillars in the ground. So I also, this project is just uh, me making this metal grid in a shape I like. Then I dig it under the ground and I dig with my hands a hole which becomes the mold for the concrete I cast in. And this gives the ability to cast in the middle of the metal. And because my shapes are just furniture, bit size, smaller size, I can dig it out of the earth again. And there comes uh, an object. So it's just, uh, it was, uh, I came with the, this new way of making. And yeah, so I just, really had fun in making these grids and then bringing them to the nature, cast the pieces there, digging with my hands. I always <laughs> loved digging in the sand when I was a kid. Now I do it for <laughs> like living. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, and now I make furniture for stores. It's always been like eye catchers or for galleries. They are looking for day ones pieces that catch your eyes, that brings a story. Um, yeah. And these these objects uh, deliver that. And yeah. you do it for stores and galleries, or, or who who uses these this furniture typically? I also make them for people, but mm -hmm. they are a bit more expensive, of course. Mm -hmm. Even though, uh, but yeah, they are for sale as well, and I can custom make them. But I mostly, yeah, make now for store in Eindhoven that was just opened. Uh, that's it's a vintage store. I just made like eight cabinets there. Uh, and then a store in Utrecht. I made this blue one, which is on my website. And I made a new one for this one now uh, for a gallery. But then they stand there and they try to sell your stuff. Uh, yeah. So the, the, the blue cabinet that I'm looking at on your website, again, that's villenbenhof.com, is, is it looks like a, like a grid. And then there's some sort of, again, concrete or... or yeah, it's concrete. Stone, yeah. yeah, holding it up. And that, so that's a sort of display thing for the store in Utrecht? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, wow. Uh, give that size, and it's like huge, this piece. It's two meters wide, I think, and uh, 180 high or something. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. What, and what store is that in? If Or maybe you can give that me later, and I'll just put it in there. And, and some people, if they're around Utrecht in the Netherlands, sorry for international people who can't travel right now. Um, um, all these places that Willem are talking about are, are beautiful, but not accessible to you right now. But what, but do you I, know? Have, uh, I have something for them as well. I made, we made something very fun this Dutch design week that you can travel online. Ooh. And it was really, uh, so the store is called Megusta, if you want to mm. check it out. Okay. Uh, so, um, let, tell us about, now wait, you can travel online. This, yeah, we, me and my friends just did something. There was the Dutch Design Week normally. That was last week. But then they canceled it 
two weeks before, like okay. everything canceled because of the Corona yeah. outbreak in the Netherlands now. Um, so we all made new objects, new pieces, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, everything got canceled. And then we also were intended to make an exhibition here. Uh, and we already played a bit along with the idea that you, that we cannot come physically, that people could not come physically because we cannot really travel. We are like stuck uh, in your circle. So we uh, got a budget, little budget, to still make an uh, exhibition. And then we thought of this idea that people miss traveling as well. I really miss traveling, going to another spot. So we thought, how can you travel online? We came up with Dutch design is really stands for playful, innovative stuff. Just have fun, be innovative with humor, this. And we, we with, the, with these thoughts, we bought <laughs> a lot of model trains, model trains, tracks, model trains, small pieces. And we put like little cameras in the model trains put this track on our exhibition little trains driving around through our exhibition and yeah you can virtually online sit in the train move your mouse so you can look around vr look around we like videotape this 360 um, and also it was a bit by questioning uh, the virtual stuff that everybody is putting online now because i see a lot of virtual stuff and it's not really touching me it's like yeah it stays in that computer screen and a little mix between the physical world and this digital world thought we thought that could uh, be so much more valuable mm -hmm. uh, and then the exhibition actually what is a big joke is that all the pieces are printed out on the cardboard so it's very very tiny it's like <laughs> it's really small scale create weird objects and they're printed out. It's like, uh, because we thought, yeah, nobody is here physically, so we can all fake this stuff. Everything online is fake. So we fake everything in this physical world. So then we printed everything out and it's like Hollywood. It's like a fake wall in Hollywood. Everything's mm. fake, but it looks real. It's a, it's a surreal world. You can mm. travel through and it's on our collective website. It's called Surplus. So S-U-R plus. And then you have to type it twice, surplus slash, or no, little stripe, surplus, surplus.com. And you can travel around in our exhibition. It's still online. Really got a lot of comments. It got posted on some blogs and uh, just questioning how, how to deal with this new content of showing stuff to people. And then also we just thought, all right, people want to travel again. Hopefully they feel like they sit in the train and uh, relax in, in this weird world. <laughs> I love it. It, it. it. I'm looking at it, and it feels like again coming from my origin. Um, Disneyland is is my artificial reality that I love, and um, in there, there's the um, it's a small world ride, which I'm not sure if you've been, but it's basically you float on this little boat, looking at essentially little cutout puppets. And uh, what <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing, what, what I'm of people <laughs> like uh, yeah, that are visitors, they are fake as well. Yeah, great. Yeah. So it's, um, no, I'm seeing it. So it, it's, yes, yeah, surplus, surplus, surplus dash surplus.com. And then uh, there's a small ride and oh, this is awesome. So um, cool. Uh, um, 
I will put all this in, in the show notes. So people, please go to um, ebullying.com slash podcast slash Willem van Hoof or just willemvanhoof.com. It's um, even more direct directly. And um, there's links to different places where, you know, on the different, you know, pieces, uh, you can find the, 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 uh, um, the gallery uh, where you can get the, um, the, the postmoderncollection.com where you can get the, uh, the the postcard sized ones, which are super cool. I'll put all of this, all of this in the show notes. Um, this is a, this is a really a, a non-traditional for me discussion and delightful where, where oftentimes I'm talking to people who are in, in business for the business and they're fixated on solving the customer's need. And, um, and I was really triggered by you're really following your own intuition, your own path. And during Corona, two years after graduation, sustaining your lifestyle with your designs and your art. I think that is, that is incredible. Um, how do you keep yourself going during all of this uncertainty? Meaning Corona time, who knows when the next deal will come in. I'm just, I'm just curious, what are your tactics to keep yourself healthy, motivated, positive, joyful? Um, I have, I have a great group of guys and girls in this place. I share my studio with, we are like 10. We are, we are kind of like a cozy family now. Fridays, game nights, stuff. So this is like one of my biggest drives. Um, and also I have a quite naive way of working, which I think is my strength. Um, so, you know, if you look at myself, never, nothing is perfect. And, uh, it's also sometimes very naive, uh, because I, I work with ceramics, I work with concrete, I work with other materials, but I'm never a pro in this material. I, I am certainly not a pro in ceramics, even though I make lots of vases now. I'm not a pro with wood, I'm not a pro with metal, but, and you can see that uh, sometimes. Yeah, I try to master the technique as far as I can, but I also don't try to master it too much. I wanna stay this naive boy that shows a lot of fun. Uh, and I think this is what inspires uh, people. If you look at my website, I, I typed in my font when I was a kid. So my, the, the, the words I scribe are, are written like a four-year-old kid has written down stuff in the computer. And I think this, this is my biggest uh, drive that I just don't take myself too serious, even though I really, <laughs> I'm putting a lot of energy in this field. But I know I'm making a weird flat face. It's not a perfect face. Probably a master ceramic ceramicist will say that's a very stupid face you made um, but if I express this uh, to other people uh, I think they love it you know that I'm like that and they get inspired like hey you know I never worked with clay why why am I not gonna clay uh, I, I, I think I admire them like this which I really like to do well I, I want I want to um as we're wrapping up and, and maybe you have a question for me, it, it's uh, totally open for that, but I want to disagree with you. Meaning I, I don't think that's naive at all. I mean, I mean, in, in the corporate world in, in, in the traditional business world, 
we keep telling ourselves that perfection is the enemy of profit. Um, however, no one listens. We're, we are so fixated on making everything what we believe is perfect. And, and almost in doing so, we make things that no one ever wants. And so um, I, I don't think it's naive at all. I think it's, I think it's beautiful and it's working. And I, and, and I, and I hope you, you keep following that that passion and, and that mindset because it's clearly working and ignore all of us pseudo business guru people <laughs> who think we know it because because uh, we don't and, and we're, we're here learning from you. I love it. So, um, so good on you. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm just curious if, if you, before we wrap up, um, is there anything that, that, that you'd like to ask back? Um, I, I, when we were talking earlier, you were, you know, we were talking about different things and, and, uh, you seem very curious guy. Um, well, uh, I was really loved your stories that you were telling about you making films. Hmm. Uh, so I would be very much interested. Why? Yeah. What is your like biggest drive in this field? Because I would love to make a film. I think that's great. And I also yeah. really like that you didn't went for the classic theme kind of movies. Hmm. So why did why did you choose to not go in that field? Wow, great question. Um, and thank you for the question. The, the, as the story goes, and I don't want to call it a bucket list, that I had three things I wanted to do in life. Uh, sing a song, make a movie, and write a book. Uh, oh, I, wow. I, I have published a book, but it was a series of articles, so it doesn't count yet. So that's still, uh, still to do. Mm -hmm. um, for sing a song, I got, you know, as an American English speaker, I got um, singing lessons and sang a Dutch ballad, Ik hou van jou, to, um, to my wife during our wedding reception. It's on video. No one will ever see it. <laughs> oh, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that was a one-time only deal. And then uh, make a movie. I had a self-defined, um, self you know, so, sort of success criteria of I wanted it to be feature length. Um, and I wanted to have the tickets from a cinema where uh, the public has seen my movie. That was what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I just started taking lessons and I went over to London for a producer's course and, 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 and uh, started some um, thing called the 48 hour film project. We licensed that from with a friend, Richard Schutz. We licensed that for the Netherlands. And, and there's a guy, Christian Kniga, who actually is a dear friend and edits these videos. So, so this is you know many many years ago when we first met at this uh, basically community film contest. And Christian won the, his team won the first two, and then we became closer then. And when I decided to leave the traditional corporate world in 2011, he was one of the first people who said, "Hey, here's we're working on this feature project, and and uh, and you said you wanted to be involved." So, and what I realized is. My expertise is in team building and, and really the commercial project management, where a lot of the creative people, um, you know, if there's a commercial and a creative dimension, a lot of the creative people don't really have that skill set. And so that was a, a perfect way for me to, to slide into the, into the project and contribute somewhat to the, to the message of the story and, and, um, worked on sponsorships and, and the legal part and distribution and contracts and a lot of the stuff that creative people typically don't like, but, <laughs> but, but I tend to, I tend to like, and, and, and I'm also, yeah. you know, like being involved in the, in the creative chaotic process. 
Um, and we, we made that first film, The Right Juice, um, um, which was still one of my favorite movies. You know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a coming of age of someone like me. It's a guy who, who, you know, had to make decisions in his life on, you know, who does he want to be after, you know, after a corporate life and, 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 and challenges in, in the world. Um, I'll, what I'll do is I'll put a link to that film in the show notes as well, in case anyone wants, since we're talking about it. That's, that's typically don't do that, but, um, uh, but we'll put a link so people who want to watch it. And the, the weakness of the film from a traditional perspective is it didn't really have a clear genre, meaning it was, you know, because it's a buddy film, it's a romance. It's, it's, uh, so it's kind of a, well, you know, I really like this. What's that? It's also something you could go for, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, well, so, some people love it. Um, it's also a bit Euro Euro European in, in its nature. I mean, it's not answering a question and there's not an American flag waving in the, in the sunset at the end, you know, it's a different, <laughs> it's a different kind of movie than that. My, my mission, which I think is in my, my desire, I think is your, your, your actual question is uh, I want to find ways to um, connect to the audience with these films that isn't simply Hollywood spending millions and millions on advertising. So how do yeah. we make films for less money and we, and so less risk and we, when we are using techniques from agile development to, to reduce the cost and then use um, either the topic of the film or other communities and channels in order to bring the community there. Because my belief is there is a, such a huge market for smaller films, but there isn't really a, a, a way for people to, to find them and to discover them. And uh, so over the next years, as we make more films, that, that's my goal. So, so it's a sort of how to creatively exploit films to micro audiences, to use a lot mm -hmm. of horrible business words there, um, <laughs> which, which also is, is enabling for us to make more of the films that we want to make as opposed to, and that's that balance. Meaning, you know, if we make stuff that people hate, then you know you don't have the income to keep making and so so that's the creative commercial dance that christian and i oftentimes wrestle with you know because i mm -hmm. try to pull a little more to the commercial side and he's a little more to the creative side and finding that balance and and coming up with maybe after five or ten more films a true masterpiece would be that's a good call beautiful that's uh yeah that's what i'm about on that one so Thank you for the thank you for the question. I yeah, I appreciate that. It's a meaningful part of my world that I don't talk about much on the podcast because it's typically about business. So thank you for for bringing it up. Um, we need to wrap up. We're over time, but again, we try not to play by the rules too much because we make up the rules as we go. And this has been a delightful conversation. Um, I would really suggest people go to villainbenhof.com. Uh, see his works if you are uh, working on on industrial interiors or have shops or are looking for really meaningful unique um, flawed and different therefore not perfect artifacts and art then Willem is your man so uh, this is delightful Willem thank you so much for joining it's uh, I really enjoyed it yeah it was a pleasure it was really nice to do first Zoom talk it was very fun <laughs> uh, good Learn more at ebillion.com slash podcast.